Welcome to the NABC Guardians of the Game podcast, where we go inside what makes a coach a coach. The NABC Guardians of the Game podcast is a production of the National Association of Basketball Coaches and Learfield. Now, here's your host, Coach Gary Waters. My name's Gary Waters, and I'm your host today. And with us, we have Earl Grant. How you doing today, Earl? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Well, it's great to have you. you. You know how we go back in time a little bit. So that's very, very important. Got a couple questions for you today, and uh, I don't know if we'll get to all of them, but I want to get to some of them. The first one is, is something that we do on every podcast. We ask the person that's being, that we ask the guests, if you heard the phrase, Guardian of the game, what does it mean to you? Uh, you know, the phrase guardian of the game, uh, what it means to me is that we have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to protect and uphold the image and the reputation of all before me that made our game uh, what it is today, you know, from a moral standpoint, from an integrity standpoint, from how you deal with your players. And just protecting, um, you know, NCAA basketball, but also just a game of basketball, period, you know? Right, 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 right. And, you know, that's very important. You used the correct word when you said protect, like protectors of the game. And we have, it has gone so in so many different, different directions. And we need people to make sure they understand that, how important that is. Here's the next question I have for you. You know, the season just is on its way. Uh, and I know you're excited about it. Tell me about your team a little bit so I get a understanding. Well, you know, hey, um, this is year two. And obviously, year two is pretty refreshing sometimes because at least you have some returners. You know, this time last year, I didn't, I had never coached a guy. I never knew what we had. But, uh, but we got some returners. We returned four starters. Um, guys that I really like, guys that are good players. Um guys that started to understand what we were trying to do uh, from a schematic standpoint last year, also understand me, you know, what's important to me. So having those returners are crucial. Um, and then we signed, you know, six new guys, four okay. freshmen, yeah, four freshmen, all that are really talented. Uh, and, and then two transfers that are unbelievable human beings that's got great experience and a good player. So, I'm really excited about uh, our team and, and trying to move the program forward in year two and make progress. Well, you know, we all love that. When we hear things like that and you bring in new guys and, and, and they're all excited with you, you know, good things happen. You're in a competitive league. We know that. Yeah. <laughs> the, the ACC, every year there, there's someone challenging for the championship there. Right. But you were assistant for 12 years, and I'm asking this question for a particular reason. And I'm asking for the coaches out there that want to aspire to be a head coach one day and so on. And during that time, uh, I know it had to be difficult for you uh, because you were looking for things to, in order to move up. But once you moved up and you went up, you went to the College of Charleston, mm -hmm. give us a little insight. How, how did you feel about all that? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I was assistant for 12 years, uh, graduate assistant for two. So I've been 14 years out of college. All I've done was, you know, just serve the players and serve the head coaches I've been working for. 
uh, in those last few years at Clemson, I started just feeling like, hey, man, I think I can do this. You know, I want to be a head coach. I don't care if it's Division Two. I don't care if it's low D1. I don't care what it is. I want a junior college. I want to be a head coach. I want to see, can I get a group to work together and see, can we, you know, uh, develop a good program? And so those last two years, I started really getting antsy about it, you know, uh, tried to get a couple of jobs, got turned down. And, and what I realized was it wasn't going to happen until God thought it was time for it to happen. And so the jobs I was trying to get, I couldn't get, you know, I just wasn't, I wasn't never a finalist. And then, uh, you know, I gave up on looking for jobs. I focused on helping Brad Burnell at Clemson and I started focusing more on preparing. If I got a job, what would I do? So I had a little black book and I was just talking about what I would do if I get a job. So I stopped worrying about getting a job and focused more on preparing about if I get a job, what I would do and bought a house. Finally, after four years of renting in Clemson, bought a house, say, I'm good. I'm going to stay here. I'm not worrying about no jobs. And then that September, um, <laughs> I got the job at College of Charleston. So it was late September 2nd. And one of the things I would say about when you get a job, I remember that first day they hired me. The president called me, offered me the job, and I'm on my way back to Clemson. And because I hadn't heard anything after the interview, and I turn around in Columbia, I'm going back to Clemson. I got back to, I'm going back to uh, Charleston from on my way to Clemson, turn back around, going back to Charleston. And I got 15 minutes away from Charleston. I called the AD. I said, hey, look, can I meet with the team? He said, you can do anything you want to do. That's your team and you're the head coach. And so the first time I realized, yeah, I can't do anything I want to do. <laughs> I had never met with a team. I had never scheduled a meeting. So it was interesting. I mean, it just happened quick. And there's so many things that you can't rehearse for. You just got to go and trust your instincts. Be true to yourself. Be authentic. Don't try to pretend. Don't try to please everybody. And, uh, and pray and trust God to help you, you know, in, in every moment of the job. Very good. Very, very good. You know, now you're at Boston College. When you got there, what was on your mind? What was the first thing you said on your mind that you, you have to do here in order to have success at Boston College? The first thing on my mind was, you know, just develop the relationships with the players that were still around on campus, be there for them, talk to them, try to figure out who was on campus that needed to stay around, you know, who, who these guys are, get them to understand who I was and what was important to me. And then I needed to go out and recruit. I needed to go find some other guys because I knew the level uh, that, that I, I signed up for because I worked in this league before as an assistant. So, you know, the two things that was important to me, number one was getting to know the players that were on campus, trying to develop a relationship with them, go recruit some guys. And then after that, it was all about uh, understanding and learning more about Boston College. So meeting with other coaches on campus, uh, meeting with important people that, that maybe work here for 18 years in the business school, kind of getting a feel for what, what is Boston College and what it's all about. Uh, and I had to hire my staff, you know, surround myself with one of the most important things you can do is surround yourself, man, with some good quality. Yeah, that's very, uh, that's very men true. That are professional and a smart, uh, you can trust. Well, that, that, that's one, that was one of my other questions about your staff and your assistants. And how do you help develop them? Because you were developed over a period of time. Now you're, you're, you're at Clemson and now you got to develop your staff. And I know they aspire to do certain things. So mm -hmm. tell me, how do you develop them? 
Yeah, I mean, you empower them. You give them, you delegate things to them, give them some responsibility. Uh, you know, let their voice be heard. Uh, but you give them something and let them take ownership in it. So, you know, one of the things we do is we have platoons. So everybody got a four or five man platoon. And you need to function with that platoon as if you were the head coach. You need to know everything that's going on with that kid. You need to know their parents. You need to know their academics. You need to know uh, how to make them tick. You need to know skill develop those guys. You need to know uh, if they go into class. And so that's one way we do it with the platoon system. Then number two is, you know, I separate the staff, you know, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams. And so I let those guys, the voice be heard. You know, I try to be intentional in certain days in practice. Um, besides the fact that as a head coach, you can't do everything. Right, right, right. You got to delegate. You got to yeah. delegate some stuff. And so, and I was, um, that came up in Exodus 18. I was reading this morning, actually. And it was talking about Moses and the importance of delegating. And uh, and so, so I think giving some stuff up to guys and allowing them to do their job um so all hands are on deck as it pertains to the work that we have to do and, and the build and the building the building job that we have to do that everybody hand is laboring and so um i think that's the way to develop them let them let their hands labor and uh and then also the ability to be responsible for a group of four or five guys in that platoon very good very good Earl, something else I just realized here is that, and not now, you know, I've known it for, for a long time, but uh, faith is very important to you. And, uh, and it's important that you, you extend this out in, in your life. Tell me how your program relates to that. How my pro, well, first of all, uh, this is a, uh, you know, a, a Catholic, Jesuit Catholic school. So, you know, obviously, uh, you don't have to hide your faith here. Um, you know, you can talk about the goodness of the Lord here. Um, you know, kids that come here, uh, they hear the ethos of the school is men and women for others. So, you know, you come in here to serve, you come in here to give, uh, give yourself up for the betterment of others. And so it actually fits well with me and my family. And, and I think that some of the guys we recruit, I mean, I think they're attracted to that, you know, they can give themselves up. Uh, for the betterment of others, you know, having that ability to to serve, uh, but also to express your faith and to, uh, you know, being being Christian organizations on campus, um, you know, it's been pretty neat uh, what I've experienced here. So, I thank the school, man, and I thank the Lord for giving me this opportunity to to work at a place like this because not only is the highest level of ACC, you know, highest level of basketball uh, in a great city, but the values of the school uh, aligns pretty well, you know, with me and my family and also some of the players I want to try to recruit. Very good. Very good. Now I know you, you, you got to get to practice. That's a big thing for you. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I don't want to, I want to hold you up from that, but Hey, it's been great talking with you Absolutely. coach. And, uh, and let's have an outstanding year this year. No, I appreciate it. Good to see you coach. And uh, you know, always, always good to see you. You know, I've always been up to you and inspired to be, you know, the type of man you've been as a coach. So I appreciate what you've done for the game and, and uh, definitely look forward to building this program.